That's like a pontoon. I don't think anybody's ever had a bad time. What are they talking about? Just hate memories? Who are these guys? Let's just get black out <laughs> on a Sunday. You are now listening to the Pig and Pickle, where you will learn about life, beer, sports, and lots of other randomness. Opinions and statements are rarely supported with data, facts, or any accuracy. So here they are, Dick Schools and Walker Ham. All right, Walker. We have some special and uh, very timely guests joining us today. Yes, these we two, do. Yeah, these two guys are friends of the show, and uh, together they have over 50 years of experience in the financial world, so they are old. Uh, they are, uh, they're both financial advisors for GCG Wealth Management and work with their clients every day to build an investment strategy that is tailored to the individual's needs. Everybody is different. Obviously, your world is different than mine, Walker. Um, I do want to just offer up a quick disclaimer. They, uh, these guys should never, ever, ever be consulted for personal life advice. And uh, <laughs> during today's discussion, uh, we'll not be asking them for hot stock tips. I've got all of those. Uh, we'll also not be asking them how to level up overnight in a volatile market. What is it? Buy low, sell high. I'm not good at that. Um, <laughs> And then the last thing I want to say is uh, this conversation for our viewers uh, should not be viewed as legal, tax, or investment advice. So uh, that being said, Michael McFadden and Jonathan Malone, welcome to the Pig and Pickle. Hey, thanks for having us. One other quick disclaimer. Uh, we are uh, observing all the social distancing and everything else and shelter in place going on. So we are recording remotely. So any sound quality issues, we will do our best to keep those at a minimum, but uh, just wanted to get that out there. So people don't think that we're all yelling at each other down a long hallway. We're just making you earn that paycheck. That's all. Thanks. I guess the mail must be stopped now too, because that still hasn't come yet. So, so social distancing for the postal service is a real yes. thing. Yes. And- Producer, I, I told you how experienced these guys are. They are not good with technology, though. Right, right. Just, okay. So if, if we break up, you'll know what's happening. Got it. That would be me, Michael. Yeah, that, yeah. technology? Come on. <laughs> well, uh, well, guys, I just finished up burying a uh, few dollars in the backyard, and um, I've taken some sound financial advice from Cousin Eddie. But instead of U-Band coffee cans, I, of course, am using empty beer cans. Let me ask you a question, Richard. Considering how much beer you consume during the week, are you using all those cans to bury in your backyard? I've had to go down to the local bank to trade my dollars in for coins in order to actually <laughs> fill up the cans. <laughs> I don't have enough dollar bills for that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be drinking beer again. Uh, speaking of beer, I know everybody's kind of uh, enjoying a Sunday afternoon, uh, cold one. What's um, Jonathan? What do you What are you drinking on there? I have a uh, Jolly Roger. It's called the Eye Patch Double IPA. It's a small Mooresville brewery, so picked up some of that. Mooresville, North Carolina, Jolly Roger mm-hmm. going double IPA in a Sunday. Aggressive. I like it. <laughs> do they That's- Do they sell donuts up there at that at that brewery? They don't, but they should. But they do have curbside service. They won't let you come in. So. Uh, the reason I ask is the fat kid in me always comes out. And when I was a kid, we used to have a Jolly, uh, Jolly Pirates Donuts in town. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so anytime I ever see that logo or see Jolly Roger, that's what I think about. Donuts. 
the irony of that. Uh, <laughs> Michael, what are you drinking on there, buddy? I'm actually drinking a local uh, Noda Brewing, uh, drinking their seasonal release hop cakes. Ooh, uh, I want to put you one. on your ass. That's yeah. That thing is a, uh, that's, that's, that's an early Sunday afternoon nap. That is. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a delicious, one of my favorite Imperial IPAs, but it's 10.2%. So this will be it for me. <laughs> Literally. This might be it. <laughs> uh, I think. Given, given Michael's everyday calendar, I'm guessing nap is always involved. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Schooly, I think you and I might be drinking the same thing, are we not? No, 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 no. I changed it up today. So I've got a buddy who's been listening to the show now and uh, continues to give me shit day after day, uh, always telling us that we're drinking fancy beers. So I changed it up today. I am drinking a cold Miller Lite. Millelite for those up in the Midwest. I was hoping you were going to see a crispy boy, but I'll uh, take more light. Crispy boy is for the nighttime. Bum, 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 bum. Well, we did our we did our se- our second lower left beer run, so I am once again drinking McJuice Face, and it is as good as the first time, the second time, the third time. It's just man, it's good stuff. And, Love uh, the operation they have set up down there to drive through and just pick up your beer. Yeah. Pick up, and they have some glasses and hats, toboggans, all that good stuff. And I think producer has something a little bit um, upper echelon than his normal whatever we give him. Yeah, since I'm able to buy my own beer now, uh, I have a Founders All Day IPA because I did not plan to stop drinking after this is over. So this is a pretty good, easy drinking IPA that's uh, you can literally drink it all day, and I'm going to try to do that. Did you go for the 15-pack at the store? Yes, I did. Awesome. Or the 19.2 ounce. No. Those are, those, those session IPA big boys are awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Some well, of my favorites. Well, guys, uh, again, thanks for being here. Um, I guess being in your house, since we're all under um, shelter in place. I'm in my mom's on. basement. <laughs> Forever. Um, <laughs> you know, with, with all that's going on, you know, I, I think, you know, this is probably a, a hard question to answer. But is do y'all feel like this is the worst market we have ever seen? And should should people be really scared with the trend we've had the past few weeks? And you know, scared based on what we know today. Ooh, starting there. Yeah, going hot. all going all in. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's um. So I'm in my fifteenth year. Michael's got about. I think he's. 45 90. years in the business. Oh, I was going like 90 that. years. <laughs> so, uh, so of the 50 years, he has 48. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, what's crazy. It's the fastest, uh, believe I read somewhere, the, the fastest correction in market history. It took like, I believe it, I think it was six trading days to go into bear market territory. Wow. Um, very, very, very quick. And what Michael and I were talking about earlier is, you know, this correction is a lot different because you know, last time we had a big market downswing, people had to call their advisor to sell. Now you can just pick up your phone and click the sell button. So it's just, it happens a lot quicker with technology. Michael, I'll explain what that is later. But uh, thank you. <laughs> what? My, my Windows 95 works great. Leave me alone. He literally has an abacus in his office. So. <laughs> so I, I think what uh, I think, Jonathan, what you just mentioned is is really interesting. We talked about it on our last episode of of kind of what where the the world that we're in today and the technology and 
and how we can create innovation. Innovation has obviously come into the investing world and it's at your fingertips, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when, when was the last time we saw something like this? Saw a, a market recession or, or a big pullback? You see it. I mean, you see them. It's not a recession. You'll see a pullback throughout a year. In the course of a year, you're going to see a pullback. Um, I'll get to this in a little bit. I've got what I call um, market crash on the index card. And it's, I mean, it's pretty common that markets will decline 14% in a year, average one 14% decline a year. Now, if we talk about something like what we're faced with, everyone goes back to 08, 09, which is a great starting point for most people to look at. But that time span went from from it started in 2007, and I can tell you the exact day that we hit bottom was March 9th, 2009. And since then, it's gone up. So what we're faced with now is we sort of had a perfect storm in that you had this, you know, the pandemic came out. It was announced that there's this, you know, COVID-19 virus taking people down pretty quickly. We get that announcement, and then all of a sudden we find out that OPEC is trying to broker a deal with Russia, and Russia says no. And then that starts the market turmoil is when we saw that big down day on Monday. I tell so, you, the Russians are always involved in all the bad stuff. Is it just in China? They tamper. China. They tamper. They, I mean, no offense to anybody who's Russian listening to the show. There's probably not anybody, but I mean. It was like, oh, they, they fixed the election. They're the entire reason Trump's in. Now they're, I mean, like, can those guys catch a break or is this well-deserved? They make good vodka. They do. They, they, I mean, <laughs> really, really, I blame Rocky Balboa. This is all his fault. So uh, a couple of follow-up questions here. The, what we're experiencing right now is not just COVID then. It's not just the impact of the healthcare, uh, healthcare world and the loss of consumer demand by people staying at home. You mentioned OPEC. There's an oil issue that's happening as well that's helping to, to push this, uh, this kind of peak to trough effort along. It, well, there's, yeah, there's a price war going on in oil right okay. now. And okay. it's, it isn't being talked about, obviously. I mean, like everybody knows right now, the COVID-19, coronavirus, that's obviously dominating the headlines, but drive by your local gas station. I just looked this morning at $1.79 for a gallon of gas here in North Carolina in the Charlotte area. Yeah. That means Um, down in South Carolina, it's only like 83 cents. Exactly. And and you get a free handgun. (laughs) But really what's driving the markets, I think the problem right now is obviously the pandemic and then the economic impact it's having as we're all witnessing, you know, small businesses having to close for the time being because of the social distancing. And you mentioned it a little bit. We've gone through this. We say it in retail a lot. We go from peak to trough depending on consumer behavior. Um, But in the financial world, we're really seeing that happen right now, right? We went from the peak, we bottomed out, we bounced back. And you said it's one of the quickest rebounds. Is is there a long-term, do we think that this is going to be volatile for long-term? Well, I think um, it's it's hard. You know, everybody's crystal ball right now is hazy, and we're trying like a hazy to make sense. You're right. Hey, <laughs> all right. <laughs> right, right. I mean, what's crazy? There's been, you know, we were talking about earlier that a correction is what a ten percent drop in the market or more, and then you know there've been there've been twenty seven different market corrections since World War II, back when uh, Michael started in the business, 
and uh, <laughs> and, uh yes <laughs> but, well uh, you know but he's right i mean that that 14% correction you don't realize it happens all the time and uh, i just think what we're hearing is a lot of supply chain stuff is further down the road you know because we okay. rely heavily on you know for some certain generic prescription drugs from china and so much different stuff overseas um so it's safe to know. say safe to say we might not be done yet with the volatility yeah. right but gotcha. it's hard to tell. uh give you a quick story real quick in uh quick story real quick is that redundant yeah, it's kind of like how you took the word individual and then pluralized it <laughs> <laughs> individuals in 2007 when we started to see the pullback happen then I was sitting at a racetrack with my uncle gambling. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, because it's you. <laughs> I was drinking. I, I remember I had a Miller High Life in front of me. Not a light. had a Miller High Life in front of me. And we were gambling on ponies, thoroughbred track in, in Columbus, uh, right outside of Columbus, Ohio. And the market just absolutely tanked. Is that, one day. Is that, good, is that good advice? No. Should you do that? <laughs> <laughs> You're asking for the guy here who will occasionally go to a casino. Every three to five years, you can find me at a craps table in a casino somewhere. I enjoy it, but it's, you know. Oh, is that a sight to behold, by the way? Let me just <laughs> the, the dumbass grin that he has on his face. He's almost, he's like shuffling from left to right on his feet, almost dancing in place like a fucking idiot. It's, it's <laughs> amazing. He doesn't play poker well then. Guys, what's the difference between a recession and a depression? Depression's been thrown around a couple of times here lately. So I can tell you that, I mean, a recession is clearly a 20% decline in the market. I mean, that's, that, that's usually a recession. That, that's what they're going to do it. And it's depression is you'll see that more, you'll see decline across everything where sort of right now we're seeing some high unemployment, you know, within the unemployment number came out on Thursday, jobless claims, 3.3 million. I mean, that was expected, but it's when that's extended over a period of time um, that you'll get into a depression where, I mean, it just gets, you know, people aren't working. That unemployment number really spikes up. Stocks are doing significantly bad. Um, you're hearing the recession. It used to be, you know, a definition of a recession at one point in time was considered two consecutive quarters. So if you had, you know, two, two consecutive quarters of economic decline, that's a recession. Now, who's, and the producer will appreciate this one, the National Bureau of Economic Research. Math, guys. They now declare... Um, that's no longer two quarters. It's just basically a recession significant decline in economic activity. And in the last month, since the outbreak, that's what we've seen is, is kind of a decline in economic activity, more on a, a more local level. You know, bigger companies are starting to see that now. They'll, they'll feel that pinch further down the road. But right now on a local level, you're starting to see that outside of the toilet paper market, which is skyrocketing right now. Toilet paper, hand soap, and sanitizer. Dude, Charbon's exactly. stock value has to have quadrupled. Good <laughs> lord. Still don't get that one, but I don't yeah. I'm just I mean I'm waiting for the three shells like in Demolition Man. It seems right. a lot easier. 
So I give you I 10, great... 10 different ways to wipe, 10 different ways to wipe your ass without toilet paper. I don't know why it, <laughs> it's, it, I don't know. Anyhow. Sounds like a doomsday prepper. We are on the phone right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but what seems different to me about this is that it's obviously the fundamentals in the market seem like they were pretty strong prior to this, maybe slightly oversold, maybe, you know, couldn't keep going up forever. But it, it doesn't seem like at 08, 09, where there are fundamental issues with things like um, you know, mortgage-backed securities and things like that, which you're just waiting for something to sort of pop. This is kind of forced by the pandemic and all of the fear and global trade and everything being interrupted when things seem like they were chugging along, along pretty well. So does it seem like, given that, that recovery could be faster than something like in 08, 09? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's crazy that, I mean, until this came, I mean, the, you know, record low unemployment, uh, banks haven't had balance sheets this strong in 50 years. I mean, uh, small companies are flourishing and, and it's just, uh, I, we, everybody that Michael and I follow, all the economists and the experts are telling us that this correction could be just as quick. Uh, we, it needs some good, we need some good news on this virus. Some, uh, some, you know, momentum forward. And producer, you're exactly right. I mean, that, that's, I mean, coming into this, there wasn't, it's initially, it was not caused by economics. Initially, it, it was just this pandemic virus that started this downturn in the market. And then the, you know, again, like I said, I go back to that oil price trade war that went, um, but yeah, you know, Economic wise, we, the country is doing well. We we're doing everything was going great. And even Europe was starting to pick up activity over there was starting to pick up and China was fine. But again, it's this virus spreading through. So I have to agree with that statement that it, we probably will come out of this faster. Um, I think it's part of the reasons, you know, I think you, you stay invested during this time. One, it's happened so fast. It's hard to make moves in this market, but I think the recovery, it's going to take time, but it will be a faster recovery than normal. You know, you said something a second ago, we're due some good news. We need some good news. Uh, my conspiracy theory is, and hang on now, uh, is that Here the, we go. The, the media does, doesn't profit off good news. Joe Exotic's got a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I think I'm probably the furthest from Joe Exotic in this in this podcast. Right Have you now. looked at a mirror during this quarantine time period? <laughs> yeah, I don't have blonde highlights in a mullet yet. Yet, yet. You're, you're right. Yes. They're white. Wait till Halloween. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> the number of Joe Exotic outfits will be amazing. <laughs> but uh, I, I do think it's one of those things with this. You mentioned we need some good news. We, and we do. I mean, but, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the cliche of, you know, people don't – they don't report how many successful planes land. They only report the ones that have uh, engine failure and crash and things like that. So, I mean, I guess my thing is, like, we want good news. Is it really going to be possible – and an election year, a good be political, to actually get good news from the media right now, or it's like, hey, they're 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 printing money off of all this. Let's face it, tragic, horrible news. It's coming. I mean, it, it's we've had so much bad news. I think, and as we see a decline in the spread when it finally peaks, then I think you'll start to hear some of the good news come out. 
And that's what we're looking for. I saw a great, I was trying to think it was on Twitter the other day. I was trying to think who it was, Joe Weisenthal, Ian Bremmer, some of the hedge fund managers I sort of follow on Twitter just to see what their thoughts are. And they were asking, they said, we won't see a bottom till we see this virus peak, which I thought was a pretty interesting perspective on that, is that we're not going to see a bottom on this until this virus peaks. And I think we're probably, if you follow some of the other countries and how the virus has progressed, I think we're, I think this coming week, we're really going to see this number jump through the roof. So, uh, so he thinks that this bear market is still has a little downward trend to go. Yes. I think there's still, I think you're going to see, I mean, we saw it last week, you had three up days in a row and then Friday, you know, we gave a portion of that back. So I think you'll still see volatility in this market. Gotcha. What, 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 I'm sorry, what defines a bear market versus a bull market? And is there like an industry standard, like benchmark? You mentioned earlier recession or depression has to be so many quarters in a row when it comes to bears and bulls and all that stuff, pigs and pickles, <laughs> who doesn't want bacon and pickles? It's delicious. And if I were putting my money anywhere, I'd put it in pig. Pork bellies and frozen Pork orange bellies. juice. <laughs> no, but yeah. So, uh, how do you do? I guess bear market, bull market. How do you define? Like, what, what's the difference there? And is, is there a quote unquote? Everybody wants the word benchmark. You know. Yeah, the uh, a correction is going to be ten percent or more, and then the bear is when you get into twenty percent or more. And that's you know that's that's what I'm saying. It took six trading days to get into that bear t- territory. Pretty wow. scary how fast it happened. So, um, you know, back in 08, it took a lot longer, but to get into that, that but then we stayed there for a while. So, but it, and it's probably fair. We, we live in a culture of hyperbole. Everybody's the best and the greatest of all time, and this is the fastest of all time. Due to some of the media rhetoric and also the forward looking projections, we probably hit that market, it hit that bear market that fast because everybody was thinking, okay, if this thing really does shut down, the economy shuts down, is it fair to say Wall Street's looking at this and, and pricing based on futures, based on what they think is about to happen, and then it'll course correct if we get better news? I'm always. I've always was, you know, taught that the, the stock market is a leading indicator. So it's always sort of looks six months down the road. And that's why if you listen to most economists, most of these prognosticators out there, they're going to tell you the next six to 12 months, you never hear them say anything beyond that. It's always seems to be this six to 12 month window. They won't say the next 18 months. It's always six to 12 months. Cause that's kind of what the stock market prices is. And that's why, you know, on Thursday, I think they were prepared for that, not for the jobless claims number. The stock market itself was prepared for the jobless claims number. And I think that was why we didn't see a decline on Thursday when it came out still over 3 million. That's crazy. Is that, is that, is that the highest it's ever been? Or second highest, I guess? In, a, in one week, I think it was the highest in a one-week time frame. Nuts. We've seen the decline in Walker's physical appearance over this time period. I'm sorry. Do you, who has a case of donuts at the ready right now? <laughs> well, technically it's not a case. I only have 14 left. So is... <laughs> how, how many, how many did you start with? How many were there? Well, it was a case. It was 24. It was 24. I mean, you're the math guy. Well, I don't know. I, li- I like how you try to go, Oh, the boys had eight. 
you are one of the boys in your house. Saturdays are for the boys. So you had seven and your two kids split one. I had a couple. (laughs) I I absolutely had a couple. This is also the fastest decline in your physique in history too. (laughs) Yeah. We we were talking about that on the last show. Like there's no middle ground here with with the shelter in place. You're either going to come out of this thing 30 pounds and a full-blown alcoholic or you're going to, you know, take the – bull by the horns and be a great chef and all those good things that none of us are going to do. <laughs> I've already enrolled my liver for when we come out of this for quarantine. So I'm all set. <laughs> Mike, Michael, you're too, Michael, you're too old to qualify for improvement. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like when you have a really old Apple iPhone and they stop giving you updates. That's right. <laughs> the trade-in value has gone to zero. They're not accepting that anymore. <laughs> they start paying you for a new phone. That's right. So uh, here, here's a, here's a uh, I think, uh, given the recent few weeks and what's going on now, you know, what are some recommendations? Because I think what's going on now, a lot of people are confused. Am I in or am I out? What are some recommendations based on the current environment that, you know, people, like you said, you can just click buy and sell stocks on your phone. You can use Acorn. There's other devices out there you can use. If they don't utilize a financial advisor, like what, what are some recommendations for those kind of people that are the, you know, quote unquote, do it yourself or there's a new beer being cracked right there. <laughs> <laughs> And it almost spilled all over the office. <laughs> is that another Miller Lite? No. no, I switched up to what the producer is drinking, a uh, Founders All Day IPA. Nice. Yeah, but the size of it was impressive. 19.2. That's what Not the first said. time I've heard that. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Shut up, producer. Uh, yeah, so for people who don't utilize a financial advisor, what, do you, what, what are some recommendations you know, y'all, you know, obviously y'all probably think get one, uh, but for those that don't. I just say research, research what, you know, buy, you know, look into quality companies and, and make sure you're diversified. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's when the markets are doing well for long periods of time, nobody needs uh, an advisor, you know, they, cause everybody's I mean, really long-term just got to have, you know, good quality companies, make sure you're diversified. You know, one example I read and I'm reading this off my, my notes, but total, total return, the S and P 500 in the 11 year bull run. So March 9th, 09 through March 6, 2020 was 16.8% total return, including dividends and everything. But if you missed out on the 20 best trading days in that, that those 11 years, your return was only eight and a half. So that just goes back to time in the market and, getting out, getting back in, if that makes sense. So this is a good place for me to read. I, I, this is taped to my desk, uh, to my monitor, on uh, my desk. I use this quite a bit for clients. It's just called Market Crash on a Card. And it's very simple. Market's it's been default. there since World War II? Since World War II. It's yellow it, now. Is, it's is, yellow. It, is it next to the sticker that says, push here to turn on? <laughs> It's written on wood. What's that for? <laughs> it's a, it's Sorry. A, it's a wooden post-it note. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't comment on the size of his laptop. It's the size of a fucking Pontiac. I mean, this thing, he has this laptop. He has you this said laptop Pontiac. <laughs> Nobody said Pontiac in 15 years. 
that's the that's the brand name of his laptop. That's why. So. <laughs> it's the size of a Pontiac. <laughs> that's great. Here's the best part about this whole thing right now is unfortunately for the podcast audience, we're all working off of Zoom so we can all see each other. The reaction on everybody's face when he said Pontiac was priceless. That was oh, that, my insides hurt. <laughs> uh, he, he has this. He has this laptop that was not meant to be mobile. It's enormous. At one and point, got- though, that was a Pontiac Firebird. VA. America. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. No, you, you, you have this card taped to your cathode raid monitor. Five pounds. Has like vac- has like vacuum tubes in it. I just changed the vacuum tubes. It looks really good. It's crystal clear right now. So basically, market crash on the index chart. Markets average one 14% decline a year. Now, we happen to see that in one day this year, almost. Daily dips of 2% or more occur about five times a year. Every five years or so, markets decline 30% or more. Every five years or so. Now, we've been on a great run. We haven't seen that. Now we're seeing it. Here's the positive side of this is markets rise almost three out of every four years. Markets are going to be positive. Over long periods, markets significantly beat inflation. Uh, Richard, pay attention to this next line. Selling low and buying high never works. And during times like this, one of the big, two things we advise our clients, turn off your TV. Don't check your account. Well, and then t- the last thing... And the other thing is never make important decisions based on emotion. So over the last month, there's been a lot of emotion. And that's the biggest thing I think Jonathan and I have done for a lot of our clients is help them take that emotion out of it. So take all these things that are set up here. And basically, these are facts. Everything else that you, you hear out there is a scare tactic. Like Walker, like you said about the media, you know, is, are they going to have any good news? That negative news is a good scare tactic. So you said turn off your TV. Are you aware that Tiger King and Ozarks are both on Netflix right now? That's not TV happen. never goes off. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I have to you, admit. You, you mean turn off the news, right? The, the, turn off the news. Yeah. yeah. Turn off the news. I have to admit, I was one who binged watch Tiger King. I, it's a train wreck. It's a train wreck. I couldn't look away. I could not look away. <laughs> It was funny, as you know, people in Oklahoma are like, really? Really? This is, come on, guys. I thought he was from Florida. That, that show screamed Florida. Michael, you lost me at the fact that things can only rise every three to four years. Uh, no, it was markets rise almost three out of every four years. Oh, markets my brain put almost. it in a different context of rise. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, my age. uh yeah so so if that if that's the case i mean obviously and you you and i and and jonathan we joke uh or at least i try to poke the bear a lot of the is this the bottom is this the top um and i know it's a joke nobody ever unless you catch lightning in a bottle you never sell at the top and you never buy at the bottom and what we're saying here is when you look at that index card, 
the long-term strategy is to ride it out. Fear, fear will only make you basically make some bad decisions, right? Yes. Yes. What about alcohol? The best decisions. (laughs) (laughs) In the moment, I've never made a bad decision. Now I have woken up having made a lot of bad decisions. That's a, that's a true. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. And the fact that you're waking up, we're all proud of. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I've got, I've got a, uh, I've got a, a question that kind of goes along with that. So if we're, if we're saying long-term, you really want to be in it. Everybody's, everybody's situation is different. Um, some folks may be able to diversify. Some people, some folks may be only able to get into a one product here, one product that's through their employer. Um, you know, I, I currently bury my money, like I told you, and Walker's trying to get uh, some of that 0% billionaire money. Uh, so with that said, give us a couple of examples of different <clears throat> products that are available, uh, just high level. What, what, what is available for the everyday person to go invest in or to be a part of the financial strategy? Um, I'd argue the most popular would be an employer sponsored plan. Everyone hears people use the, the term 401k a lot and it's actually a tax code. 401k is an IRS tax code that's used. Did not know that. <laughs> so, um, so it's an employer sponsored plan. A small business or a corporation, large company, small will open one and the participants get to put money away and not pay money on that taxes or not pay tax on that money until they withdraw it in retirement. And then the other, of course, would be an IRA, which stands for individual retirement account. Um, has to be held in, you know, I have a lot of Michael and I's clients will say, hey, we have three or four IRAs, my wife and I, uh, can we combine these accounts? The answer is no, it has to be per investor because I, the I in IRA stands for individual. So not individuals. Correct. (laughs) Jumbo jumbo shrimp. (laughs) And just to clarify producer, we do not offer a 401k opportunity here at the pig and pickle. No, we don't. Uh, That that was not uh, relayed to me early on. So (laughs) great. Do you offer anything for individuals? (laughs) We don't. Okay. Good. (laughs) We don't. And what's the guys, what's the difference? I, I hear a lot of really smart people talking about IRA and Roth IRA. And when I ask them what it is, they usually can't tell me. So what's the difference between an IRA and a Roth IRA? Um, IRA, some straight up individual retirement account is that that's pre-tax dollars. So you're going to put that money in pre-tax. You're not paying tax on that. It's growing tax-free. And then at age 72 now, used to be 70 and a half, age 72, Uncle Sam comes knocking and says, okay, start taking money out. You have to take money out. And at that point, once you withdraw from an IRA, you start paying taxes on it at that point in time. A Roth IRA is after tax dollars. And then when you would, and then there's no time frame you have to take that out. You don't have to take that out at a specific time. But when you withdraw from your money from a Roth IRA, all that money comes out tax free. Hey, so now that, we're now we're talking. There we go. <laughs> so billionaires like Walker over there clearly has his money in IRA and a lot of it in a Roth IRA. And gold bidets. He has no toilet paper in his house. 
nope. 24 karat gold bidets. We, we got 13 bidets and the three shells. <laughs> I'm working with a garden hose. <laughs> Gross. A <laughs> garden hose and a scrub brush. Straight to the shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I have another question real quick, though. Uh, so you clarified IRA, Roth IRA, 401k. Good, good point. I did not know it was a tax code. Uh, but 401k, should you ever borrow against it unless it's an absolute emergency? It seems to me like when I read through 401k, there's always a massive penalty or you got to pay back and it's, it's harder to catch up. Should you be borrowing against your 401k? Trying to put a pool in over here. <laughs> I'd say no. An absolute last case scenario. Uh, try not to. Don't touch. Don't borrow from now to, to, you know, could harm your future. You could pay it back, but if you ever leave that employer, then you don't have that opportunity anymore. So uh, what if I have a really money. important Vegas trip coming up? <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd still say stay away from it. If you can. <laughs> not that important. Unless you're taking Michael to the craps table. So. Uh, then it's entertainment value for life. What you worth every penny. Hey. And if any advice, stay away from the Vegas pools because that's how you definitely get some kind of virus. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've got one, one additional question here on my end is if, if, our, if our listeners are looking for an advisor, what are some of the important questions that they should be asking and uh, what should they expect out of a financial advisor? Is it like having a, an insurance agent or is it more like having a teacher? It's, um, I always take that approach. It's neither one of those. I mean, it's a relationship um, that, that, you know, with your financial advisor, you've got a relationship. You know, we always tell our clients, you know, Jonathan, we meet with them. Some of the things we do the first time we meet with anybody, they're interviewing us and we're interviewing them because we have to make sure we can work together. Um, so that's the, one of the first things we do is you want to interview them. You're interviewing a financial advisor and any good financial advisors interviewing you. Um, and, and so you have that relationship when we work together with our clients, some of the things we focus on is any big life events they have, we want them to call us right away so that we can help them adjust their, their, their planning for that. So one of the things you're looking for is how easy accessible is your financial advisor? You know, are they easy to get a hold of? Are they willing to adjust their strategy based on your system? And then the big question always comes down to fees. I mean, that is always a big question. And Jonathan, I work a lot on that. It's my area, sort of the the expertise on that is sort of on the money management side. And and when we're putting together a portfolio, one of the things I'm cognizant of are fees built in inside of certain products. You know, if, if you buy mutual funds for a client, there is a fee in, on a mutual fund. And, and one of the things I look for is I'm looking at mutual funds that have low cost fees. It's the same thing why you hear the ETF strategy, exchange traded fund. Um, that's a very popular thing when you hear these guys telling you to buy an index fund. That's a lot of what they're referring to is an exchange traded fund. They naturally have low fees, but you can get some that have higher fees. Those are some of the things that you want to ask of your financial advisor, what is the fee? What, you know, what fee am I going to pay you? How do I pay my fee to you? And then what are the fees in the products that you're putting me in and help me understand those fees? Jonathan? Can can, can I pay my fees in Bitcoin? (laughs) 
Uh, no, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> and what think, is Bitcoin? I, yeah, I think the whole, that's a great, I, I have to imagine, I know it's kind of cooled off uh, lately, but God, there's a point last year, I feel like the entire world was going crazy with crypto. It was a new currency, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Litecoin. Uh, there was a fear. There was like 30 of them. Burger, Burger King had their own digital currency. <laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing. Uh, here, <laughs> how about this? I give you two bucks. Give me a Whopper. That's all I care. <laughs> um, with, with that topic of, of the crypto talk, I mean, like, first of all, what is all that? It's horseshit. <laughs> I mean, I, that's I mean, the I answer a, I wanted I to hear. It. Yes, I mean, we, we, we can we can leave it right there, probably. And, and that, folks, is a great show. <laughs> thank, thank you, ever, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Pig and Pig. <laughs> I was going to give it a little more respect and just call it Chuck E. Cheese coins. Yeah. I mean, that, that's it's to me. Yeah, that's the same be worth more to me nowadays than uh, <laughs> yeah, than exactly. money. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, you better be prepared to light on fire whatever money you put in that, right? Because there's, there's nobody controlling it. There's no rhyme or reason. It's totally, it's like hocus pocus, I feel like. Well, the one month return on Bitcoin is a loss of 28.46%. However, the one year return on Bitcoin is an increase of 50.95%. So this seems pretty predictable to me. So I'm not understanding why the advisors <laughs> would not be including this in portfolios or diversified. It's, uh, it's simple math, really. <laughs> right. It, it was, there's a lot of, it was crazy. I remember there's somebody we were talking to, um, gosh, I can't remember all the details, but he made a ton of money in like a 45 day period and then sold his position. And then when it came to tax time, his CPA was like, um, you know, is that short-term capital gains on, but it's not actually gains on cause it's not a real thing. So it was, it's just really new and uh, unpredictable. So. I feel like it's one of those things where you do your taxes and at least you ask a question of like, did you shop online? No. Yeah. You buy this much? Uh, no. <laughs> like you know, like not hell no. Did you buy weed on the corner? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. You know, I I read an article the other day. We we make a disclaimer at the beginning of the show that we're not based in all the facts or accuracies. Um, e ever any ever. any any facts or any accuracy. So Just it would probably be better if I cited the reference, but I cannot remember who it is, which is pretty typical for me. But they were talking about that they're losing miners. So the folks that actually go out and mine Bitcoin, that they're losing activity on that side. So then the value continues to drop. And if they lose too many folks that are interested in mining for Bitcoin, and I'm, I'm going to completely butcher the entire, it just seems like it's a game. And I don't, I'd rather go to Vegas. And play put craps. Me on the ru put me on the roulette table. Put me on the, oh, shit, my odds on the roulette table seem better. So I, I might age I myself right here. So let me ask the question. You aged mining. yourself when you got on. Mining. So producer, you're from West Virginia. And mining, they dig a hole in the ground, right? I'm not from West Virginia. I went to school there. My <laughs> wife is from West Virginia. <laughs> I'm from Western New York. Which, My apologies. I did know thing. that. Same so thing. So when you went to so. school in West Virginia, you understand mining means digging a hole in the ground. Very different. Yes. 
Yes. So this Bitcoin mining, are you digging a hole in the ground? You're pretty much digging a computer <laughs> hole in the ground to try to find some sort of blockchain, I guess. I, I don't even understand it. it the one, the one thing I would say is there's- so You dig a hole no, in the ground, pour money into it, and that's about it. Pretty much. Yeah. The one thing buy I would say- right? <laughs> Always buy a boat. Always buy a boat. Oh. Great idea. What, is, what, is, what does boat stand for? Break Something out another thousand. Break yeah, out it. another thousand. <clears throat> I live that life. It's a small boat. A dinghy. So it was only is break it, out is, another hundred. Is it a dinghy? It was a John boat. We had some paddles. playing with your dinghy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one uh, I've been asked about Bitcoin a million times. I have no idea what it is. I don't understand it, and so therefore I don't invest in it. But when we talk about is we've all been taught that the American dollar is backed by some, so our currency is backed by gold. At least that used to be the thought. I've never been to Fort Knox. I don't know if there's gold there or not. So how do I know if that is any different than Bitcoin? I don't, it's just a learned behavior, but I just don't understand either one of them. And maybe I've just haven't been around Bitcoin long enough to, to really, to really grasp how to invest in it yet. I think that's the case for most people. Now, I don't think, honestly, that many people truly understand. I mean, obviously, there are people that understand it. And you can see, I mean, there are places you can walk into and you'll see a little sign that says they accept Bitcoin. I personally, I don't understand it. So I don't advise my clients to invest in it. I never would advise them to invest into it. But I, you know, I, I just don't understand. It's a cryptocurrency, which, you know, uh, would you, the American dollar I, I, is guaranteed by the U.S. government. Is, is, I mean, I have faith in the U.S. government. As crazy as that may sound <laughs> these days. <laughs> I'm, oh, I am old. We're I doing still, such a great job. <laughs> Man, this, this, this show was great till just now. That credibility just I, went I, to I, shit. I, I, I get it. <laughs> Did Jesse Smollett just join us? I get it. You, I get it. You you signed next to John Hancock, so you guys are best buds. You believe in that shit. Yeah, he was um, there. He he knows these guys personally. So what's funny is you you said crypto and uh, schoolie automatically thinks about Bloods and Crips because his gang life from Ohio. <laughs> My fingers are too fat to make the signs, but I would if I could. Yeah, sausages. Well, the other, the other the other weird thing about about Bitcoin is if you do actually buy something with it, like you hold Bitcoin, I guess, in this virtual wallet. And like um, to what Jonathan was saying about if you sell a bunch of Bitcoin, you know, you have to take that gain somehow. What? How do you, you know, uh, quantify that? But I, I guess the way it works is that if you don't like sell your Bitcoin or, and remove your position, but you buy something with Bitcoin, then the trading price of what Bitcoin was that day, it's almost like you cashed in stock. So you actually have to keep mm -hmm. track of all of your purchases when you purchase them and when you cashed out your Bitcoin for a product. And then you have to like calculate the game that way. So it's a complete clusterfuck. Hard pass. Yeah. Hard, hard pass. Um, I'd invest in Popeye's chicken sandwiches though. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> yes. If, if the, just that, if the Popeye's chicken sandwich was publicly traded, I'm investing in it all day long. Man, that That's spicy good. sandwich is so good. Mm. Uh, guys, Really appreciate your time here today. Is there anything that we that we missed that you guys wanted to talk about? If you uh, that you wanted to offer up, I really appreciate the education. And and again, it, this is not meant to be 
um, any sort of legal tax or investment advice, but really appreciate the education. If there's something else that you guys want to talk about, let us know. Yeah, we just we just encourage people to find work with the trusted advisor. Find someone if you don't have one, ask somebody you trust to be introduced to theirs, and ask them a bunch of questions. Um, it's best it's best to find an advisor that is introduced to you by someone you know and trust, or if you happen to hear them on a podcast that broadcasts from Lake Norman. Um, but that's about it. That's how I find my beer. <laughs> yeah, I find people that I trust. Well, guys, again, thanks for being here. Real quick. Um, best way to find you guys go on your, I guess, is it, what's, what's GCG's website? Um, what's the easiest way? Obviously you don't give out phone numbers, but what's the website and way to find y'all? Well, hold on. What's a website? Oh, <laughs> God, you is met he? Al Gore. You met Al Gore's dad. You oh, know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> Our website is. Do you still enter classified ad in the paper every Sunday or phone do you book. just run a phone book? Yellow pages. Yellow pages. Yellow pages. You got to look them up under the white pages, white pages, but you have to use the ruler to understand which line it's on. And if you're calling from a rotary phone, just wait for an operator. <laughs> He's got a switchboard. Just, just, just dial zero. <laughs> Hello, right. this is God. Who would you like to talk to? Michael McFadden. Hold on. He's older than I am. He's in another room. <laughs> Our website, gcgwm.com. GCG Wealth Management, gcgwm.com. That's the easiest way to get a hold of us. Or reach out to these guys. Take a awesome. look at these guys. There's some great pictures of, of you guys. Great, great pictures of you guys on that uh, website. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah. No, I love them. Your wives have to be so proud. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Guys, again, <laughs> thanks so much for your time, your input, and the education. Thanks, guys. Uh, and the laughter, as always. We appreciate it. Yeah, you guys. Thanks, Thank guys. you very much. Appreciate, appreciate it. being on here. My other white meat, I learned a lot from that segment right there. I feel like I was pretty educated going into it. Not so much now. Um, I didn't know Pontiac was a word that exists still. <laughs> that was amazing. We're all on the same page. They don't make Pontiac anymore, when right? he said that, he almost broke the show. I was like, I can't. I, I, can't, I was shut it, shut it down. Barely laughing so hard, I couldn't breathe. Oh, it's probably I'm also pretty fat. <laughs> but uh man you gotta, or you have the covid and a little lot of pressure no, on your no, lungs no, no covid here we're just uh, we're quarantined how about how, got, about the, how about the whole 401k segment he said that's a tax code i had no idea uh, listen homie uh maybe feed me that information beforehand that way i sound educated uh, real quick uh pontiac has not been made since 2010 that was the so last year Almost 10 years. 10 years, yes. Almost 10 years, yeah. Wow. Smoking the Bandit. That's I impressive. What, what was your favorite Pontiac vehicle? If, oh. you, if, you, if you had one. Hey, I never did. Remember the, okay, my favorite that I had a buddy who bought one was the Pontiac Aztec. Yes. <laughs> you remember that car? I had a, I had a college buddy. And he, he works in politics. I think he's a lobbyist. He bought one. And was like, sends a picture. And the first comment goes, hey, dude, what the fuck is that? 
<laughs> and it was like, it's a Pontiac Aztec. I'm like, it's terrible. It, that, that is one of their worst, uh, worst launches. I, I uh, owned a Pontiac Grand Am GT. So mm. was, oh, GT. Oh, the GT. That, yes. that was the six-cylinder. It was a six-cylinder, the yep. two-door. And that's right. uh, yep, that's what I owned. One of, our, uh, one of our old neighbors had a Pontiac Fiero. You guys remember that thing? <laughs> yes. It was the size of my queen size bed. It was, the Geo, it was a Geo Metro, basically, but it looked like it was sporty. Toyota MR2, remember those things? Yes. <laughs> just like that. The Fiero had the, had the engine in the back and caught on fire like all the time. If you got rear-ended, you had a radiator in your neck. <laughs> right. My uh, my parents used to have a Pontiac Firebird. I mentioned it on the uh, the last segment. We had a Firebird, and when the three of us kids had to sit in the back, they had two seats up front, obviously, and then in the back they had two bucket seats and then a hump. So one kid had to sit on the hump. That's awesome. Remember, no seatbelt. Remember, remember the back in the day seatbelts optional. Remember the 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 wagon that was rear facing, so you could see your imminent right. death That's happening. Right. <laughs> And I oh, I want to sit in that seat. Those are so awesome. Well, but back in the day, if you if you had a like a uh, station wagon, kids would just lay in the back, no seat belts, no nothing. You'd fold the seats down and just lay back there. We had, we had a Tahoe. And no one cared. We, yeah, when we when we took the Tahoe out and we had all three of us kids plus some other guests in the car, we would the kids would sit in the back. And this was. Yeah. Well into the years when you were, everybody was supposed to have a seatbelt. Listen, if you haven't ridden in the back of a pickup truck on the wheel hump and feared for your life, you have not lived. That's a true story. Yeah. Done that. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the south. <laughs> Welcome to the south. Uh, but no, I think it was cool to hear, obviously, lots of uh, sage wisdom. Uh, I mean, uh, from those two guys, Jonathan and Michael. Um, but it's nice to hear that they say, and you hear this a lot. Don't freak out. Everybody tends to freak out. Oh, sell, sell, sell. Buy, like he said, buy low, sell high. Most people buy high and sell low. It was cool to hear him say, hey, you probably need to hire an expert because, right, the past 10 years, nobody's been wrong. You could take a thousand bucks and throw it in the market and you did well. That's right. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, the, the, the biggest thing that I took out of it was. One, don't don't jump off a bridge, and don't take all your money out in cash right now. That there is a there is a market, and if you're long term, and you're you're willing to invest for the long term, there's going to be some sort of uh, there's going to be some sort of payback at the end of it, whatever the end may be. But I I know I myself ten maybe fifteen years ago when I first got into the market when I first started trading stocks with uh, with some play money. I was looking at it every single day trying to figure out, did I buy at the right time? <laughs> Wait, should I sell right now? I remember buying, just to put it into perspective, I remember buying Apple at $76 a share. This is no advice. Do not buy Apple. If you don't want to buy Apple, this is no advice. But this was, I bought it at $76 a share. I sold it at, sold it at 93 bucks a share thinking that was the top. It's split, I think, two times since then. Oh. And is now two hundred and forty or two hundred and fifty dollars a share. Yeah, so I, yeah. I lost in that equation. Well, you still won. And the thing is this everybody has buyer's remorse and they have seller's remorse. Mm -hmm. I'm the worst. Like I hate you know, Mike mentioned going to craft tables 
and like playing, you know, in gambling. I had the worst buyer's remorse. I'm like, ah, oh, I just lost, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Like that was, you know, toilet paper to get me through the millennium and then and, and the COVID-19 <laughs> virus, you know, but, uh, the other thing I learned is uh, apparently um, Jonathan really hates crypto. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people hate crypto, including myself, because I just don't understand it. I don't think he hates crypto because he doesn't want to encourage people to get into crypto. I think he hates it because nobody really understands what is going on right now, except yeah. for the people who control crypto. Well, and I don't think there's a basis for the movement and price of crypto as opposed to people just saying, oh, I can take a bunch of right. gain here. And then they start to sell and then it almost waterfalls and there's a steep cliff drop. There's no fundamentals or basis or performance of a company or something that you want to invest in yeah. because you think it's good. It's just, Hey, I'm going to put some money in here and hope that everybody else wants to buy right now too and drive the price. Well, less than a year ago, and I may be getting the dates off a little bit, but less than a year ago, Bitcoin was trading at $20,000 a coin. It's yeah. now $6,100 a coin. Do you remember the, uh, oh, what was the uh, social network, the movie? With the kid, the guy yeah. that the, the guy that played the Facebook. Uh, anyway, Zuckerberg. Who, yeah, who were the guys? That, the the Von Winkles or the Van Winkles sued him from Harvard. The twin brothers who rode. Anyway, Happy. No, that's 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 awesome. Uh, there are two <laughs> twin brothers that had hired Mark, and according to the movie and all the actual facts of reading that, I'm not, it's like Von Winkle. Some it's a, it's a it's a weird name like that, and producer. Give me a search here. Those two made a lot of money in their lawsuits. So Winklevoss twins. Winklevoss. Winklevoss, not the Pappy Van Winkles. Sorry. Yeah. Winklevoss I'd invest in the Pappy Van Winkles. Well, the Winklevoss is invested in Bitcoin super early. Like mm. way early. At one point in time, they were on paper the richest people in America because they bought it in at like, this is again, not factual. I heard it from a buddy of mine that also likes to buy Bitcoin. But uh, he said that they had like bought it at like 50 and wrote it to 20,000. Mm. And they put like, they made a lot of money off Zuckerberg, uh, the Winklevosses, when they sued him and all that stuff. Doesn't Facebook have their own digital currency? Yeah, they sell it to all the Chinese and advertisers. So the, so the Winklevoss twins, um, they had $11 million in Bitcoin uh, at when it was at $120 a coin. So then when it went to $11,700, they're worth about a billion dollars. So where it's at oh. now, at about, at about 6000 a coin, they're probably at $500 million if they kept that same position. Wow. They did just fine. Wow. So I, I conversely purchased a stock back in 2009 that then went to 0. 0.00006 cents. You don't know how much of a gamble it is until you, until you realize that history, that history, like that happens to you. Then you realize, all right, this is gambling, right? When you play the stock market, unless you're a trader, unless you're a financial advisor and you have all the Intel and the details, it's just a gamble. I've done better in Vegas than I did in some of those years. What stock was that? It was a technology company in my hometown. Well, it wasn't done. good. It wasn't good. It wasn't. I, I bought it for like a dollar forty a share, but I bought like ten grand worth. Didn't turn out well. So uh, who's the guy? Jordan Belfort called you and sold you some penny stocks. <laughs> right. 
what is that that's a uh, wolf of wall street yeah mm. uh that is not what <laughs> jonathan and do and michael do <laughs> no that is not what they do and i think the the good news for for us is and where it's really important i do still have some play money um but i do have financial advisors and financial advisors help me to understand my long-term strategy, right? They helped help me to understand whether I want to be conservative or aggressive in my approach. And I can flex that depending on where we're at in, in our family's timeline. So if we're, if we're feeling comfortable, if we have money to invest, we might go a little more aggressive if we're in a down economy and we don't feel as comfortable, maybe we pull back and get more conservative. I think that's the benefit of a financial advisor for you is, is, it takes a lot of the guesswork and a lot of the research out of your personal life and puts it on them to kind of guide you and you work with them. And I think Jonathan said it, it's a relationship, right? They yeah. are invested in you just as you're invested with your money. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. Um, you know, changing, changing gears real quick. One of the other things to recap from previous shows, uh, oh, this was, it was the, uh, the March fatness. Lots of uh, great feedback. Ditto. Lots of great feedback. Some people have been like, hey, have you tried this? Have you tried that? So, yes, yes. Our, was our 64 all-encompassing? No, there were some places that we had never heard of. And so I'm sorry, but, man, there are people who have been like, yes, a thousand percent agree. Some have been like, how could you? How could you <laughs> vote these guys over that? I've had, had some heated discussion since then. I've had a blast. Uh, we did some uh, some in the field research. It was we, a lot of fun. We uh, we went on a little road trip. I don't know if we're allowed to say that right now, just given the quarantine. This is uh, before all that. It's fine. But we went. Uh, you said that you had never had the Popeyes chicken sandwich. Yep. And we went on a little road trip. We did. One, we went to Lower Left to buy some brews yep. uh, to support our local community and to support our friends at Lower Left. But then we also went over to Popeye's to get a little chicken sandwich, and we ate in the car in the parking lot, it and it was, was awesome. It was magical. And I had shit all over me when we got out of that car. Oh, yeah. I mean, so here's my break. felt like a high school date. Yeah. I mean, there was no second base. Uh, or first or third for that matter. Well, thanks, for, <laughs> uh, thanks for clarifying that. And so everyone knows I was not there. So you were working. I was Who? working. Who are you? Nobody. Just carry on. Um, so um, having not had the Popeye's chicken sandwich, I was pretty excited about it. Give, give me your honest opinion and take, take everything I've said about it. Cause I've, I've tried to influence the crowd, but, Take right, everything so, I've said about it out of, out of context. Tell me your honest opinion. So let's break this down. So we roll down to the Popeye's we found um, that was nearest when we left the brewery. Roll in there, and it looked brand new. Like they had just built this place where we were in, in Charlotte. Um, and you say, hey, guy, go spicy chicken. I'm like, I'm down. Roll up two spicy chicken sandwich combos, Dr. Pepper. It was like fourteen seventy five, I think. With uh, the fries. The fries. So here's my breakdown. I like the Popeye's Chick-fil-A, uh, Chick-fil-A, the Popeye's chicken sandwich more than Chick-fil-A. 
Yeah! Woo! In a, co- in, a, in a couple areas. However, I would not seek out a Popeye's because they're just harder to find. You're so a like, loser. So, so nine times out of ten, I'm going to side Chick-fil-A. But You're fake media. You're a loser. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, those pickles and that bun – the and the 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 spicy is it a mayonnaise? What is it? Is it mayonnaise? The spicy sauce is legit. It's, let's let's back this up. So there's a Chick Fil A and a Popeyes next door to each other. Where where do you go? Popeyes. If I'm by myself, no kids. Yeah. Popeyes. There you go. Yeah. There we go. That's all we had to hear. There we go. Continue. There we go. I I asked both my boys last night where their favorite restaurant restaurant was separately. I did not ask them to ask them together, and they both said Chick Fil A. But yeah, they both crushed Popeyes yesterday. Yeah, they well, put up no fight whatsoever. Yeah, my my. So it's one of the things. Like if there's a Popeyes on my exit, or there would be a Chick Fil A soon. I would. It was it was good. The breading was fantastic. The bun held together. It didn't like rip or tear apart any of that it was pretty special and then uh eating in the car was pretty hilarious people looking at us like what are those guys doing we're just eating chicken sandwiches and fries just a couple of dudes dudin yeah we're just doing some research yeah just Uh, but no it was uh just being dudes i'll say this it it here's my it it deserved to be the winner thank you yeah thank you I, i was at popeye's yesterday my wife has not had the sandwich either so i took her there she agrees. It is the best chicken sandwich she's ever had. And the folks at Popeye's could not have been nicer. Given everything that's going on, given the fact that we need to have social distancing, they managed through it. They made sure that everybody was safe inside the restaurant. We waited for our, for our sandwiches. Uh, we got some chicken tenders for the boys. Could not have been nicer. And the sandwich was just absolutely fantastic. I did a, uh, I did a quick breakdown for, uh, for some of our friends. And I also shared that with my wife before we got the sandwich. I said, listen, here's, here's how it goes. The bread, it's a buttered brioche that maintains its texture. We have pickles that are thick and crispy. You said brioche. I love it. Yeah, brioche. How many times but, did you research that word and learn how to pronounce it? I love brioche because I love French toast. And you know I love fattening foods. So I'm, I'm already <laughs> there. Uh, the chicken they brine the chicken. The chicken is just, it's delicious throughout. So even if you didn't have the breading, the chicken would be good. But then the, you already mentioned the breading just absolutely lights out. It's almost like a Japanese panko, but, but still has that like Southern soul breading. Yeah. It's, it's so in this, and the, the sauce, the spicy sauce, it like balances it without being too overpowering. It, you, you can't find a better sandwich. You cannot find a better sandwich out there. You're like the Emerald Lagasse. Fucking three ninety nine for a if if oh, this, if, this, this, if this is Iron Chef, you're that guy and I just goes, it all tastes amazing. <laughs> but you're right, it is. The breading was it was it was the kind of breading that you know, some breading is like stuck to the chicken. Yeah, no what? It, this is like flaky, yep. flaky enough where it could fall off the chicken, but it also yeah. You know, like I said, oh. I was a, I wasn't a hater. No, was, you weren't a hater. Was, you just didn't know yet. I was a non-believer. Yep. But you were, again, and now you're Shrek. Oh, I'm man. a believer. That shit is so good. 
But here's the deal. The fries, I give them a B. Maybe, maybe a B, B minus. Don't love the fries. You had the fries out of the bag. I get it. I think the fries are better than that, but you had the fries out of the bag. Um, but it did get us to thinking while we were sitting there eating the sandwiches and the fries in the parking lot. Yep. That out of the 64, so you always have March Madness, and then you always have the All-American teams that come out of it, right? And you yep. have the MVPs and, and whatnot. Coming out of this, and this was a great segment. This was a lot of fun to work on this project. March Fatness has to have an All-American team. Yeah, it's the dream team. It's like the nine. Was it the the Michael 92, Jordan ninety two? Yeah, the Olympic team. Oh, yep. gonna, no, gonna, nobody's going to beat them. We're going to beat Angola by a hundred. Yep. So, so the thought process here is is for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, all of the sixty four are accessible to you, and from there we dial in what is the all American team by breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yep. Now the one caveat is within breakfast, lunch, and dinner one restaurant cannot repeat. So if somebody gets chosen for the sandwich, they can't have, we can't have a Popeye sandwich and a Popeye side. So you got to have a it, breakfast. Within the same meal. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, think of it like breakfast, lunch, dinner would be your first team, uh, second team, third team, All-American, right? Can I right now tell you I want Popeye's chicken for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? I'm in. Is that inappropriate? I'm in. Is that, I'm in. Is that not okay? If they were open late night, I would take that too. Oh, and then that's another good point. That's the, uh, the, the, the fun time is like, hey, what do you do late night? Do we get crazy? I know what I do. We I know. drink more. We- <laughs> <laughs> Your poor, poor wife. So, so with that said, I wanted to go through uh, the All-American team for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we're going to start with breakfast. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. We're going to do coffee, sandwich, and side. Okay. What are you thinking for coffee and breakfast? So this will come with a lot of hate, and I apologize because I don't care. Starbucks. I'm a Starbucks. I'm a Starbucks kind of guy. I love their Americano with a splash of uh, you know, almond milk, whatever. Vegan, o- vegan oat milk. V- vegan nun milk, whatever. <laughs> Uh, they're American. None milk. Yeah, what, it's like. I don't know. What are you into? Whatever they make here. Uh, the Americano is my favorite coffee drink. Venti, grande, tall, small, whatever they call it, I don't care. I will drink those all day. I'm, I'm with you on the Starbucks coffee only because they're so readily accessible. I ordered a venti the other, or I sorry, I ordered a large the other day, and the lady looked at me. This two days ago, looked at me and said, "We don't have a large." I was like, "Fuck me, you! What's are you the, serious? What you the, live in America, right? What's the movie that the the guy was always mad about coffee? She said, venti is Italian for right. twenty because right. right. it's twenty ounces. You angry fuck! It's gonna come to me. It's where uh, the girl that he's after is a baker, right?" She's yeah. a, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, so we said for coffee for breakfast, all American team is Starbucks. For a sandwich, I think we're in agreement here. There were a lot of uh, alternates that we, we thought about. There were. I mean, you, well, first of all, you know where, you know where my loyalties lie. The, I'm from the South. I'm from the South. I have a Bojangles Cajun Filet Biscuit. And if you want to feel ornery, add cheese to it. I'm so dirty. That I mean, 
Hey, so the only, the only thing that I'm going to – and I love the Bojangles Cajun Filet Biscuit. The only thing that I would throw in there, given that I've traveled a lot, there is a sandwich from Five Guys at the DCA airport. And they may have it wait, at wait, other wait, airports. Talking about, talking about for breakfast? Yeah, for breakfast. Wait, Five I, Guys for breakfast. I've never heard of that. Let me break this down for you. It is three eggs, six slices of bacon, and for an extra dollar, you can add a hamburger patty on top of it. And they serve it to you just like you're in the foil, just like you're ordering a burger at night. It is phenomenal. Now, the only reason I'm going to go with Bojangles with you on this is the fact that most people don't know about it. And it's kind of a, a secret menu type deal. It is the best breakfast sandwich I've ever had. You never cease to amaze and disgust me at the same time. <laughs> That's it. You and my wife like, both. Like, here's a question: How did you learn of such a thing? I was in the DCA airport. Obviously, it was five thirty in the morning. On a scale of one to ten, how bad were your hangover? Was your hangover? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> in that range. <laughs> so, so what question? The- what question did you ask the? Uh, unfortunate employee at the five guys about this did it was it like on a menu and at what point did you say can you add a hamburger patty to that or is that just something that's like that's like on their menu there because most five guys are not open for breakfast right so this is what they do this is why i don't know if any other five guys are open for breakfast probably not so but in the airport they are open for breakfast and it's the flight that takes you back to Charlotte. The gate is right next to it that early in the morning. I think the flight is like 6, 10 in the morning, 6.30 in the morning maybe. And I'm walking up there. I'm like, all right, I see a bunch of people in line. So obviously they have, they have breakfast. Coffee was decent. I walked up. I looked at the menu and I was like, okay, I'll take a breakfast sandwich. And it said eggs, bacon, blah, blah, blah. And then it said plus $1 for a burger. It's like, no question asked. That's the cheapest five guys burger I'm ever going to get. So I said, yes, put it on there. And then I watched them make it and watching them make it the amount of protein that they threw on top of this thing between eggs and bacon and the burger. It is the best breakfast sandwich I've ever had. But that said, every day, if I had to choose one every day that I know is accessible and I can point anybody to go get it, for the most part, it would be the Bojangles Cajun biscuit. But no, so, no, no cheese on that Five Guys thing. Is that that sounds like it could use some cheese? There was, there was cheese. Oh, there was cheese. Okay, there was cheese. Yeah, there was a well, piece of American I'm, cheese. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Michael and Jonathan would go. You know what? He's a bargain shopper. He's a good investor. Yeah. A dollar for a burger, you can't beat that price. So everybody um, that knows me should have life insurance on me. I do. Uh, <laughs> so what's your uh, what's your side? <clears throat> Side is a tough one for me because I do love the Bojangles bow rounds. I also am a fan of the Chick-fil-A little, uh, the potato rounds, whatever they're called. I'm going to throw a dark horse in there from college. We used to love the Taco John's uh, little taco, the little potato rounds. Those were delicious too. That's, a, that's, that's years ago. But if I had to choose a side and you're giving me all 64 down the row, Krispy Kreme donut. Wow. Whoa, that's a good – is this side? Or a Cinnabon, but I was told that a Cinnabon with 800 calories can't be a side, so – That's a buffet. Krispy um, Kreme donut. Wow. I, I, 
I will take Krispy Kreme donut over anybody's donuts. That they are the best. Anybody, I mean, Dunkin'. Uh, Dunkin' is trash. Duck, duck donut is too much. Uh, places charging like twenty-two bucks for six is ridiculous. Hard pass. Hard pass. Krispy Krispy Kreme is the best donut out there. For the side, it's Krispy Kreme donut. And you know, and it, it gives you that like sweetness in the morning, and it's so you can, pillowy, it's pillowy, soft. The problem is oh. this: could you have just one? Are they like a Lay's potato chip, or do you crush a twelve pack? If if I were a guy going to Vegas with no inhibitions, no moral compass whatsoever, it'd be like going out there and just getting one hooker. You can't do it. I'm getting multiple donuts. I'm getting multiple donuts. It's happening. I don't understand. Yes, producer. I'm not sure about that comparison. Um, I think it's the same. I I think it's the same. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. So uh, I'm like, I think that's a good all-American breakfast. All right. So moving on from the most important meal of the day. To the uh, to lunch. I think lunch is my most important meal of the day. I would agree. That's when I get the most hungry, so therefore it's my most important meal. I, I second that. So um, I, I think with, it goes without saying that for lunch, the Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich is the entree. Not, it's not even close. It's the king. It it's is the, the king. king. It's the new king. Now, the king. I, if so, you're gonna if you're gonna go eat fast food, something other than a sit down Mexican restaurant, Popeye spicy chicken sandwich. Is it fast food because it goes out as fast as it goes in? No, it's not. That's not how I determined it. But okay. I like the fast food. I like Popeyes. So spicy chicken sandwich. I've got I've got a side dish that'll knock your face off. Hit me with it. Arby's curly fries. No, no pushback here. Whoa, None. really? None. Like, no pushback here. Like Arby's is like one of those places. You're like I used to I love their sandwich. They have some good sandwiches, and their advertising. Hats off to them. We have the meats. Pretty funny, but you, you, they're missing the mark and the fact that their curly fries are freaking delicious. They're the best. It's a cult following. And I told it's you amazing. before in the last episode when we were going through the bracket that the horsey sauce, horsey sauce, Arby sauce combined, that's your fried dipping sauce. Yeah. It's delicious. I'll get down with that. What uh, are you so, drinking at lunch if you're going to one of these, ooh. one of the one of the fast food restaurants? So even though I'm from the South, I'll get a lot of hate. I, 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 don't, I don't do sweet tea. A lot of people are going, oh, how could you not do you give me a cheer wine. Sweet tea sticks to the roof of your mouth, to your teeth, to the bottom of your tongue. It's disgusting. Yeah, I, I can't do it. Nope. But cheer wine. Delicious. And here's the deal. I want cheer wine, but I want the Jimmy John's tiny pellet ice. The ice is key. So then I throw to you, Sonic has the best ice and the cherry limeade. Ooh, yeah. Yes. See, I think Sonic's cherry limeade with that ice 
is the is the and rule. Th- th- they use that pellet ice too, right? A little small like no, so- they, they would no. call it sonic ice. I understand that, but it's like <laughs> they little small like the size of your thumbnail. Yeah, like yeah. Big, yeah, yeah. Great for a good uh, good cocktail. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that cherry limeade's awesome. I would mm-hmm. agree with that. Yeah. So you you want a Trump cheer wine, which is from the south. I love cheer wine, but that Sonic Ice with the cherry limeade, uh, yeah, that for a drink at lunch. If I had to choose it, that's the one I'm going with. And I'm not, and I'm not from the South, so. According to Michael, you are. You're from West oh, Virginia. I forgot. And, and we're from West Virginia. They fought right, for the so, North. Uh, so let's recap real quick. Lunch, Popeye's, spicy chicken sandwich. Happy spicy. That's right. All American. Arby's curly fries. The drink is the Sonic Cherry Limeade. And I'm sorry, Sonic Cherry Limeade. Yep. Uh, styrofoam cup. That's of a, course. Uh, that's just that's a southern thing. Such a great thing. Yeah. No sweat. Just a you great. Hard pressed to find that out in California right now. Question that are, that and gluten. <laughs> right. uh, so here's a question: do, do you do a dessert at lunch? Are you asking I, me? I, I know. I, if I, you're asking me, sorry. then the answer is rhetorical. All right, listeners, that's called a loaded question. I know the answer. <laughs> What's yes, your, I'm what's always your, doing a dessert. What's your what's your dream team? Like, here's the deal. I'm talking dream team. You're not Christian Leitner who just stands there and looks cool. You're like Magic or like Jordan or Pippen or Mullen or one of the guys that it stands really, the test of time, right? Yeah, yeah. Stands the test of time. Um, one of the things earlier at breakfast we didn't hit on was Cinnabon, and I think Cinnabon stands the test of time, but it's not wait, one of those. <laughs> Well, you, it's not this, it's not one of those this, things that I could add to my breakfast or add as a dessert at lunch. You do a dessert breakfast? Yeah, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> that might be my snack between breakfast and lunch. Awesome. But I'm just saying like Cinnabon stands the test of time, right? It's it is delicious. You know exactly what you're going to get. High calorie count if that's what you're looking for. But I can't add it to my breakfast. I can't add it to my lunch either. So I love the frosty the frosty is lower calorie, not low calorie, lower calorie, but I got to have a couple of those salty, crispy fries to dip in it. So Ooh. I'm going Wendy's frosty with a little, couple of fries. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. God, I'm, when we agree on things, it's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. I, dude, the world you, is right. You cannot be, hey, Wendy's was in the final four. Should have yeah. won. May, maybe should have won. It could, arguably, but that frosty. Here's the difference: the Chick Fil A versus Wendy's matchup. The cookies and cream beats the frosty, but that frosty is above. I mean, it's like you're not in an upper echelon; you're in a different stratosphere. We and you're not going to have that cookies and cream shake at lunch. No, the, the, no, the, no. The frosty. You you get a fro- a small well, frosty. You get a small but, frosty with a couple of fries. I don't know what the calorie count is, but I'm just going to assume it's less than 300. Does it matter? It might not be. It's Mars fatness. Doesn't matter. (laughs) That's true. Here's here's the deal. You can get the kid's size Frosty and a small fry. They're both dollar menu items. You're out the door for 220 with tax, and you're happy. You understand how fat guys work, right? Yes. You don't do small. We don't. Mm. Mm. We do value. We do value. 
if the small is 159 and the medium is 179, we're going medium. You're going price per ounce is what That's you're right. doing, aren't you? That's right. We're value shoppers. You're value shoppers. You All shop right. at Costco and everywhere else, and you buy the big size. That's right. But a, but a Frosty at lunch, that, that'll set you tight for the rest of the afternoon, get you through the rest of the workday. You're good to go. What does set you tight mean? Tighten up your gut a little bit. Just, like, expand it a little, you know? Like, you're not, you're not empty. Like, I should wear sweatpants. Not yet. You don't have to wear sweatpants until dinner time. Like uh, Joey from Friends. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Is it my Thanksgiving pants? <laughs> it just puts a little pressure on the on the waist belt, and then yep. and then from there you can go. I feel like there's a missing market for men dress slacks with elastic waistbands. Sansabel. Yes, Sansabel. We had it in what the seventies. We need uh, Michael, bring it back. Michael back. Get back. Bring uh, it back. But Sansabel, we need to bring it back. Absolutely. With the Popeye's sandwich, we absolutely have to have it back. Have to. So we're now at dinner, which some people say is the most important meal of the day. Dinner might be the hardest one to choose the All-American team. Well, there's, do it. there's so many options, and so I, I, I'm – I'm looking forward to the feedback from our uh, devoted listeners, but we have a couple of goodies in here. Who'll... It's probably going to just be nukes. Yeah, well, here's the deal. Nukes we eatery, have... a salad, a soup. It's probably going to be the end of it, right? Uh, that, be my that, guess. Yeah, sure. We are, well, here's the deal. We added a second side dish. So, so for right dinner, we're going to do a drink. We're going to do an entree. We do two sides and a dessert. Yes, because, you know, Let's face it. We're fat. Dinner. Oh, I mean, I'm fat. This is March. This is March fatness. Let's say March 30. This is March fatness. When we when we started this podcast a few months ago, the producer had five pounds to lose. He now has 15 pounds to lose, at least, and an income. Science. That's true. (laughs) Science. All right. So let's get started. Do you want? Where do I start with? uh, You want to start? You want to go? Let's do side, this drink. Side, side, no, let's drinks? let's do the drink. Let's knock the drink out. All right. So, who here doesn't drink at dinner? Oh, we all do. Cool. Me too. <laughs> all right. So, um, on that list um, of these, so one of the rules is trying to stay in the list of sixty-four, right? Yep. And so, due to some esteemed research from a producer. Chipotle has margaritas, has margs. Chipotle margs. Chipotle margs as a drink. Now, here's a question. When you do margs, are you a uh, blended or a rocks kind of guy? Rocks. Yeah. The, you just, the, rock the Chipotle, salt rim. The Chipotle one is only rocks, so yes. Rocks salt rim. Rocks, yeah, salt yeah. rim. Rocks salt rim. And because of, that, because of that, I'm going with them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Rocks, Margs, Salted Ram, sign me I, up. I mean, when we found one restaurant that did alcohol, we, that were, was locked a win- <laughs> that was a winner. we were locked in. Can I get a side of queso with that too? Yeah, and more tequila. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, let's go sides. So, what are the side? Well, both sides, you guys have a very, the word could be comfortable relationship with. We love we love our sides, especially at dinner. 
Culver's cheese curds. So you, this is this is a northern know. thing. It's a northern thing. No, I don't think cheese curds are a northern thing any longer. Producer, correct me if I'm wrong, but when people taste cheese curds and they understand what a cheese curd is, especially a fried cheese curd, they oh. get on board pretty damn quick. Well, you fry pretty much anything and it tends to add some specialty and some, you know, flavor that you can pretty much eat anything fried, right? So, so but cheese curds especially, they're fried well, Twinkie, fried Snickers bar. Right. Fried cheese curd. Fried you, had cheese to, curd. You, had, you had to stay Fried fair. <laughs> we're at the. If North I wish Carolina I were. Stay fair. So here's a question. So Best food ever. For, for, for those who are um, uninitiated or uninformed, a cheese curd. Is it just a ball of cheese? Explain to me the cheese it's curd. A, it's a squeaky cheese. Squeaky? It's a squeaky cheese. Cheese curd is a squeaky cheese. And it's a remnant of cheese that they're making, but it for whatever reason it becomes it's squeaky and then they fry it up you can buy cheese curds just packed in like a little salt water type deal or you can just buy cheese curds that are fried so it's like a like a it's like a cheese stick it's like a heart okay okay it's like a cheese stick but it's <laughs> a mini it's a mini cheese stick more fry batter so it's better for your heart not really <laughs> it's better for your men no not, better. not better for your mentals either <laughs> shit it's just delicious so here's my favorite cheese stick meme i've ever seen was like you know so and so goes hey man do you want four string cheeses hell no how about i deep fry them and give you marinara sauce oh sign me up that's exactly what cheese cheese curds are like you got a bunch four. of squeaky cheese all right and they're delicious so i would definitely say cheese curds as side number one from culver's i'll take your word for it it's fried cheese. Sign me up. Now we're going to make a road trip this week down to Culver's. Uh, we will get arrested, and it's totally worth it. <laughs> of course. So uh, the here's, here's what's funny. This next item is the item that won the March Fatness. It didn't win it. It just tipped the scales. Tipped the scales for Popeye's. To win the whole thing. And it, uh, producer, this is your accoutrement, if you will. So this is a quarter pound of the popcorn shrimp from Popeye's, and it's called the shrimp craver. So normally Delicious. when I go there and I just order like the popcorn shrimp meal, a quarter pound comes in that meal. That's not enough. I mean, come on. So I also order the extra quarter pound on top of it. And then sometimes one or two, depending. Uh, so, so yeah. So the shrimp craver, the quarter pound popcorn shrimp, which is spicy, is uh, another side in this case. And it goes back to with Popeyes. It's all about the breading. Correct. The breading the the spicy breading on those popcorn shrimp, delicious. Oh, if there's not a shrimp inside of it, that's okay. The breading is enough. I mean, <laughs> if the shrimp is inside of it, is tiny. So you're okay with a hollow breading. Like bowl, uh, yeah, I'm kind of okay with that. Yes, yeah, I love it. I love, yeah. it. I love it. We had chicken tenders yesterday, and there was a bunch of breading in the bottom. That's all I ate. The boys ate the tenders. I ate the breading. Oh, you know, so, Long John Silver's will do like the what do they call it? Just the crispies. They call them the crispies. Yeah, the crispies. It's just the crispies. breading. And so they're really good. Actually, they give you a heart attack. Oh, absolutely. What, what, what's your preferred dipping sauce from Popeyes, or is in in general? You don't. This is this is where Popeye separates itself from Chick Fil A. 
you don't need dipping nope, sauce. No dipping sauce. Popeyes. Correct. That's exactly Thank correct. you. Thank you, producer. No. You know what you need at, at Chick-fil-A? You need the honey barbecue. You need the Chick-fil-A. You need the Polynesian. Polynesian, yeah. All that shit. You know what you need at Popeye's? You need the food. Just bring your appetite. Bring your appetite. Boom. Boom. Popeye's knows how to cook that shit. And Popeye's, if you're listening, we are taking sponsorship requests. So we are happy to uh, oblige. Or any of the other three. Or just a couple of free sandwiches. Could you imagine that sandwich, the spice chicken, with dipped in ranch? It's so extra. I'm from the south. <laughs> I am from the south. It'd be amazing. So, all right. So, uh, <laughs> s- schools. This restaurant, which uh, we, I, the term's not allowed to win, but we agree to it because I, you you are like preaching it on the mountaintop. The raisin canes for the entree. Yeah. So, so right now, to recap on dinner, we've got a chipotle margarita. Awesome. We got a Culver's cheese curd. We got a Popeye's uh, Craver popcorn yeah. shrimp. And a new heart. No, we're about to hit the new heart right now. Raising Cane's chicken tenders. And you and I, uh, we have a buddy who yesterday was talking about it, and he knows what Raising Cane's is. And he told you how good it was. It is the best chicken tender known to mankind. What what separates them from like all the other chicken tendies and chicken? It's oh. a it's again. It, so chicken tenders is it's really what they do. So versus Popeye, Popeyes has the bone in chicken, uh, the all the sides, uh, yeah. chicken tenders as well, and then they have the chicken mm-hmm. sandwich. Raising Cane's really only does chicken tenders. So you Caniac- better be, you, you better be damn good at the chicken tender basket. Correct. And when you get those chicken tenders, it is the best you can get. All and right. I'm telling you, it, it is, it's king. It, it is king. If they were everywhere, every, most people would know about it. But if you have a Raising Cane's in your area and you haven't been, go. I love it. The best. So you get the Raising Cane's. You say you get the Caniac the basket? The Caniac basket has six tenders, which is, which is a lot. It's not... It's not for the faint of heart and it's not for those who are calorie conscious but the caniac basket has six tenders it has two sides it has biscuit and then it also has the caniac sauce it has the texas toast with it oh sorry not biscuit the texas Texas toast Toast. wow Mm -hmm. give me all the butter good luck eat not eating that texas toast the texas toast is delicious (laughs) all right so Next time I'm wherever they have a raising canes, I'm gonna ask I'm, for the. Listen, for I, the, I do not. I would not steer you wrong when it came. To oh food. no, I'm, you're a savant. But for the sake of this, I think just the tenders are the part that we're including in yeah. the meal. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Correct. 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 So we, we have one. We have one left for dinner, which <laughs> is dessert. We already have fried cheese curds and fried shrimp. Let's get fried chicken. Can you have fried dessert? <laughs> It's March <laughs> fatness. Yes. All right. So this uh, sorry, is- sorry. It's March producer. I mean fatness. Yes. Wow. So our our dessert is great because I like how the fact that this is an item we both agreed on, and it was like no questions asked. No questions. It's the Chick Fil A cookies and cream milkshake with whipped cream, 
cherry on top. There's nothing better. When it comes to fast food, there is nothing better. Yeah. It's you. It's the kids. You push the kids away. You stomp on their face. You drink the milkshake until it's all gone. And then you're like, oh, sorry, kids. It's gone. I could easily have that milkshake three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and mm. not feel bad. Mm. It's, it, it is good. The, I'm not sure why, why it's so good. Maybe it's the overall hospitality of Chick-fil-A, but uh, it's, nah. it's so good. Nah. It's, it's delicious. It you is, give me two things. It's that Five Guys Burger breakfast sandwich that I was talking about earlier, plus that Chick-fil-A. Those are the two things I'm eating all day long. So if you're on an island, you and Wilson, stranded, those two things. I lied. Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Scrap everything else. It's a Popeye's chicken sandwich. But that, that dessert, that milkshake is the creme de la creme. Could, creme could, de you, la creme. could, could you imagine a meal? Just real quick, <laughs> recap this meal. You sit down. They hand you a margarita on the rock with salt. And to your left is a bowl of, fr- I guess, a bowl of fried cheese curds, and then a bowl of Craver shrimp from Popeyes, and a basket of chicken tenders, and then a cookie milkshake with whipped cream to your right. Like, uh, I feel like Ralphie from Christmas Story. Like, Who's Little Piggy? Who's Little Piggy? That's all I feel like. If you're asking me if I could imagine it, I've damn near lived it. I've hundred <laughs> percent had a meal that sounded or looked exactly like that. No doubt. That is awesome. So I, I do like that the entire meal is the same color. Like the cheese curds, the chicken tenders, and the shrimp are all like that tan golden brown goodness. And That's you perfect. got a margarita, it's, and a margarita, and a, yeah. a milkshake on the on the back end. I'm all, I'd love to try this. I want nothing, this to happen. Nothing says G, GI issues like a margarita and a cookies and cream milkshake. Don't overthink it. <laughs> I don't care. It's March Fatness. <laughs> Let's go. So, so March Fatness brings up one more point. There's always that late night drunken eats, right? So if you're if you're a drinker and you're out having a good time, your wife, your girlfriend significant other walker by himself uh if you you get that late night i hate my life type mentality where are you going well it's you know it's funny you see it's it's like uh uh michael said you don't hate your life to the next morning you wake up i've never hated the next morning from the and and, and you go i ate 36 white crass white castle burgers Nothing wrong with it. Don't judge. Um, so, man, you know, if I'm out late night and I'm like, I need to eat, I'm starving. If it's before 2 a.m., I'm going Wendy's and I'm going to get a junior bacon cheeseburger. That's a good choice. But I'm getting five of them and a frosty with fries. Five of them? Who the fuck are you? I'm, I'm a lightweight fighter. Trying to watch my girl's figure. They're so good. They're, they're a dollar. They're a dollar. Five is a lot. You got to get some chicken nuggies in there if you're going to Wendy's. Let's check out the Frosty. Now, now, I know you are a uh, south of the border aficionado. I would. I like Wendy's. Um, I also like Taco Bell. 
Taco Bell has been a staple in my life for a long time. Before I could drink, after I could drink. And those are two different things. And if, if you know, you know. And before, which is probably 10 years ago and beyond, you could get a chili cheese burrito, which is the best drunken late night eats. And I'm not gonna Ugh. tell you that I'm not gonna tell you that it looks good. I'm not gonna tell you that it looks appetizing. But it is the best thing that you could possibly get. The fact it's delicious. That- it, it is absolutely delicious. The only other thing I would say on top of a Taco Bell chili cheese burrito is a White Castle crave case of 30 sliders. Take those 30 sliders home, mow through as many as you possibly can before you pass out. Wake up and try to figure out what you did. <laughs> a crave case of 30 sliders. What you did was eat White Castle. So that's pretty bad. And so unless you've had White Castle with booze, you don't know what I'm talking about. So I when, have. I when, have. <laughs> when you do a White Castle 30 pack, do you just wake up on the toilet or do you? You better just... be pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. The onions don't digest, FYI. Yeah. They don't. As, about, I'm look, as I'm looking through this thing, I, what, what I realize is late night food really doesn't make sense. No, of it course just, not. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. And uh, for, for the folks in the South, what, what time is cookout open till? Are they open until Ooh, midnight, question. two o'clock? Uh, at the earliest midnight. How do you how do you even place an order there? Uh, Draft through. No, I mean, what do you? Yeah, how do you decide? Yeah. At least well, with Taco Bell, I I know I either want a taco or burrito, or something on chips. Oh, you just get a smorgasbord. You get a burger, a corn dog, eight nuggets, fries, and a milkshake, and it's like three ninety nine. See, it it just doesn't make late night food just doesn't make sense. But man, it is good when you make that bad decision. I'm gonna I agree. Go- I'm going to agree with the Taco Bell side. I'm just not going to agree with what you order there. Uh, Doritos Locos Tacos and some cinnamon twists is a pretty solid, <laughs> pretty solid late night order, Ooh, which I've done one. multiple times. That's a good one. That's a good but, one. So, see, I, I grew up on the Mexi Melt. Mexi Melt is that good was too. my I could house a dozen of those. I think the honest answer here is no matter what, late night, I hate my life. Your decision is Taco, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. No, no matter what, we don't have to get into what are you or it's Taco Bell, right? You can get that weird uh, bleach pool Mountain Dew. Yeah. So what we're saying is this, Taco Bell, if you're listening, we're buying, we're in for a sponsorship. <laughs> and, and, and since we're too drunk to drive to multiple places, we really can only go to one for late night. So be Taco Bell. Taco Bell. So Taco Bell. I, I have a, I have a, Taco Bell story, I think it's worth telling because if, if it's a good challenge, uh, some guys at work did the $20 Taco Bell challenge. You go what is in that? There, you go in there and you spend 20 bucks on food at Taco Bell and think about what that gets you a lot and hit to eat it all. Sounds like breakfast. Oh, you, you say that. But then you realize how how much food twenty bucks gets you from Taco Bell. That's a good one. I'm in. Do you have I'll to do sit? It. Do you have to sit there to eat it all? 
Yes. It sounds like the Waffle House Challenge, where it's a 24 hours of Waffle House, and for yeah, every the Waffle House Challenge, that thing's crazy. That's that, yeah. for every every waffle you eat gets an hour off your time. That seems yeah. aggressive. Now, which brings up, we did not include Waffle House in our late night. No, it's sit down. It's it's sit down. It's sit down. That's true. Sit down. Yeah. So, so well, good, good stuff. I, I like, I like all these. I mean, you know, like I said, well, the, the, the good news is, is should we, should the market fall? Should we continue to pull back as an economy? We've got the fast food places to fall back on. Right. And I can tell you, if you want to know, reach out to me, call me, email me, text me, get on the IG, tell me, Ask me for recommendations. Anywhere in the country, I'll give you some recommendations. You are the Emerald Legacy of fast food. You're welcome. Bam. You're welcome. It's impressive. I mean, there's a lot of ones I hadn't heard there's of. some good you, food oh, out I, there. It is. It's impressive. It's good food out there. I, I look forward to hopefully another. I want to recreate one of these all-star, all-American meals. That should be our next thing we should do. We're going we're gonna to sit down and eat it together. Once this whatever's going on shelter in place is over, but, uh, good stuff. Uh, all right. I'm going to go dig up the, dig up my backyard and pull my cash back out. Of all the Bud Light cans. You behind that crypto? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm all Bitcoin? in on crypto. I'm all in on crypto. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, hey, great show, buddy. Thanks for uh, everybody's time amidst all this craziness. And, uh, for all those listening, let Stay us know safe. What, what's your all-star meal. Yeah, stay safe and uh, enjoy eating. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pig and Pickle and also on Twitter at The Pig and Pickle. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. And until the next episode, go work your asses off and enjoy all that life has to offer.